This is the final boarding call for passengers Peter Pancake and DJ Paradise. DJ Paradise, Peter Pancake. Huh. Ladies and gentlemen, the main cabin door is now closed. We would like to welcome you aboard the one and only Connecting Flight Radio. What up, what up, what up, my people? Welcome back to another episode of Connecting Flight Radio. As usual, I am DJ Paradise, and we have the one and only notorious Peter Pancake. The notorious P... I don't know how to finish that. No. Because I can't no. do, like, B-I-G. Notorious. P-P-K? P-P-C? P-P-K. Uh, yeah. I like that. P-P-K. Either way. Hello. How are we? What up, people? Um, welcome to another episode. I keep losing count of the episodes, but it doesn't matter. Thank you for always listening. Um, We're on 21, baby. The 21. big 2-1. We are legal. What's 9 plus 10? 21. <laughs> that Great was reference. one of my favorite memes ever. Sorry. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> um yeah what do we got to talk about we have a great episode for you guys um but let's just just talk about what's going on with us uh any gigs coming up for you mr pancake man well first and foremost we got to talk about the online presence that oh, we've recently yeah, yeah, yeah. Been, we got to uh, get straight into that i forgot sorry um first yeah first things first i'm You're the, the realist <laughs> no uh we are two episodes into twitch so if you guys haven't check that out yet please please do we need a uh, we need to increase our viewership count so mm. <laughs> no we uh we debuted twitch uh about a week a week and a about, day ago about a yeah. week ago week, week ago, ago week ago um <laughs> first of all there there were so many people that helped us get that off the ground um huge shout out to travis wacker he's hey. unofficially officially our moderator during our performances so uh, without him, a lot of the core understanding of Twitch wouldn't be here. So thank you, Travis Wacker. Uh, shout out to DJ Analog, Miss Kalista. She created our introduction music, kind of our elevator music in the beginning. Yeah, that shit slaps. Um, it slaps. It's vibey as hell. Uh, and then, of course, DJ5 and DJ Scratchy were critical in helping us really build out the core components of our Twitch stream uh just really helping us get a better understanding of what's happening why things happen how to best you know set up our digital presence to have good sound quality good video quality the whole nine yards so uh, without those two guys we would probably have a very basic bare bones twitch feed so um how's twitch been for you how have you been enjoying it or not enjoying it no it's been it's been really fun it's like um really like another gig to look forward to if you really think mm-hmm. about it and it's been really fun because i've been able to play you know music well it's kept me downloading new music which is good mm-hmm. um it's let me play a lot of music that i maybe wouldn't play so it was really cool i actually got a um a dm from dj analyze and she was telling me like yo you're uh that set that you played was super cool you played some song i've never heard any other dj besides me play and stuff like that so i thought that was really really cool um i don't know it is a bit different just playing for no crowd you know what i mean but mm-hmm. i don't know you just gotta you you see the numbers i know we're our numbers aren't the greatest but we only started two weeks ago so um yeah it's been really fun how about you what you what you've been thinking about the twitch stream the layover is the name of it if you haven't checked the layover it out. yep um i love the fact that we're able to channel our energy i think for 
a majority of April and part of May, a lot of it was just like, we didn't know how to redirect our like passion for music. Mm. Uh, often I found myself just being like, what's the point of like digging for music right now? Like, what's the point of like hitting up these pools and like downloading? It's like, what are we, what are we doing yeah. it for? You know? And it, as, as silly as it is to say, it's like, this gives us something to look forward to every week, which is a really cool um, kind of thing that we always have in the back of our minds. And like, it's ours. It's a hundred percent ours. The way that we build the layout, even the, like, uh, they call them scenes in Twitch, the way that the background looks and whatnot. Like that's us. We, we've built that and, um, it's kind of cool to like claim it as our own. And we have, you know, archival content now of just like performance, uh, video, uh, content for us, you know, and, outside of that it's cool to be able to connect with you every week and perform because we up until then like we technically have only performed together four or five times max i think yeah yeah we had a whole tour not a lot we had a whole tour scheduled but yeah (laughs) Yeah, we had a whole a whole (laughs) tour we had like a whole like five days set to just like play together Mm. um for an entire weekend plus a couple weekdays but um we'll be back though shout out Mm. dj on kid um but other than that, uh, let's talk about some gigs because, first of all, gigs are back. Yeah. And okay, it's really we, exciting. Uh, how, have, how, how have yours been? You're at STK every yeah, weekend, right? So I got STK. I'm actually going to be there tonight. We're recording this on Saturday. Uh, it'll be my third time back. STK. So I think I talked about my first my first gig back. It took me like an hour or so to get into it. But the second gig, so they, uh, they changed the time. They pushed it back from 8. Uh, it was 7 to 11. Now it's from 8 p.m. to 12 p.m. and like the energy is a little bit better like the volume's already kind of up when i get there this last yeah. set was maybe one of my best stk sets ever literally i got tipped 120 dollars and didn't get asked Let's to play one, top, one song it was just like straight up like yo you are killing it dj here's a 20 here's a 50 here's a two dudes gave me a 50 and two other guys gave me a 20 i was like wow this is uh bro i'm gonna i'm gonna need you to send me that history of what dude, you played for real like that set was just on point like perfect energy the volume was right um, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like they had a little bit more than 50% of people in there this time, though. So don't say I, that. Don't yeah, say that. Know, oh yeah. I guess don't say that. say that. But whatever. It <laughs> Did was you just, record it, the set? Uh, I didn't record the set, and I should have. I should have. <sighs> bro, just, um, bro. I like. I'm scared. If I record a four-hour hey. set, my computer's gonna crash. But um, look for all for all you DJs out there, record your sets. You never know. Also, right. buy the Zoom H6 and just have that plugged in to record it, so you don't have to record it internally. Fair enough. Just saying. That, that is smart. Um, but no, nah, it was it was dope though. That set was really great. So I'm excited to be back tonight. I got some other songs. Peter Pancake, you owe me a song from the last uh, Twitch stream. Don't forget. Uh, yeah, oh, but yeah. I don't know. So you, oh, yeah. you, you <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. You got some. Uh, you got some gigs coming up too. What you got? Man, finally I am, he's back. I am officially back. Uh, and what better way to come back into the DJ circuit than July Fourth weekend? Woo! so go. i will be back in milwaukee actually so it was it was kind of duplicitous in nature i'm going to be visiting my family over the fourth of july weekend which is going to be awesome uh first time i've seen them since christmas so Damn. really really looking forward to seeing that uh it was actually my parents 44th anniversary yesterday oh, okay Damn. so shout out mom pa What's 44 years they they've been tolerating each other right. and <laughs> no it was cool um got them a cheesecake it was really cute big old cheesecake dropped off at their door 
But uh, I will be Friday night, July 3rd, Uncle Bucks with Lawrence, DJ Broadway. Shout out to Lawrence. He's been hanging out in our in our Twitch stream recently. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday, July 4th, RWB. You already know. Dude, I'm uh, Right? Like, where, where better to be than uh, RWB for 4th of July evening? So that'll be a wild weekend. Very excited. Um, and then... Other than that, things are kicking along. Uh, got a couple things brewing down here in Indianapolis right now with some uh, corporate chain bars and clubs that should be coming to fruition once we hit like phase four, I believe. Uh, we're in phase three right now here in Indiana, but uh, things are are a brewing, if you will. So Dude, that sounds good. Um, I'm excited. I think I'm that's enough about. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I'm excited for, for DJing. I'm excited for stuff to be opening back up. Hopefully stuff stays open. Um, yeah. We ain't got to get too much into that. But yeah, let's uh, let's talk about this interview because I'm excited for this one. This interview is one of my favorites. Uh, we say that every time, but I mean it this time too. Um, I think we mean it every time though. Like This one was really neat because it was a totally different kind of perspective on music and perspective on the way that we go about creating a night and creating a soundscape for an audience. Um, I would love for you to introduce the guest for today. Yeah. So our guest for today is the one and only Jake Wagner, also known as DJ Wags, but not really that much. Just Jake Wagner. Um, he <laughs> is, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about all the stuff he's got into, but essentially I know him be, as the, um, the music director for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, he's also had his own radio show. He's one of the most probably music knowledgeable per- people I've ever met oh, in yeah. my entire life, you know, other than Peter Pancake. Um, dude, this guy is is amazing. His, like, resume is cool. We, we don't even have to talk about his whole resume. Just you'll hear everything in the interview. But this guy is, like, super amazing. Um, and he's, like, such a uh, – just a force to be reckoned with in Vegas. He's always putting – you know, local DJs, local um, artists on, like playing their music at the Golden Knights games, like giving everyone a voice and a platform. So it's really cool. I'm excited to have him on the radio show. We wanted him on for a while and he's a listener. So that's like yeah. the best part, too. So um, I'm excited for this one. I don't know. Let's, let's just Dude, get into it. It was it was so crazy. Like we started it was like the middle of the interview and we just started rattling off mid 2000s indie artists yeah and he's yeah, and i was man. like who is this guy how yeah. does he know all this Dude, it was awesome was, i'm just saying i actually i don't even think i said this in the interview but the first time i actually met him in person i was djing a wedding and like there was some random artist that i had never heard of before it was just on the list that the people of the wedding gave me and yeah. I was like playing the song and he walked up to me. He was like, oh, this is like the Violent Flumes or whoever it was. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, it is. How'd you know? He was like, yeah, what's up, man? I'm Jake. <laughs> like, I follow you on Instagram. Oh, man, like, that's oh, yeah, awesome. What's up, man? Like, dude, this guy <laughs> is a machine. Like, a, he's an encyclopedia of music, um, which makes him amazing at his job. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Enjoy this interview that we have. Episode 21 of Connecting Flight Radio with Jake Wagner. And then he makes us an exclusive mix, vinyl mix, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. yep. His um, vinyl collection. He's just literally ripping it and putting it on for us. And I'm excited to hear what he's got from just years and years of digging and archiving. This is going to mm-hmm. be awesome. All right. Connecting it. Flight Radio. Let's go. Yeah.
All right, we are at the interview segment of this episode 21 Connecting Fight Radio podcast. DJ Paradise, please introduce our special guest for today. I'm excited for this guest. We've wanted to have him on for a long time. Um, he is literally a major league, major leaguer in the game. We've got DJ Wags, aka Jake Wagner from the Las Vegas Golden Knights, from UNLV, all the UNLV sports, formerly of the uh, Las Vegas 51s, and, you know, just all around music extraordinaire, Jake. Welcome Yo, to the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. Stoked to be here. Hey, yo. So, Jake, what we sent you earlier today was the True Colors assessment. And it's something that we do with every guest now where uh, we try to get to know who they are based on their work habits, their personality, their, uh, their style of getting stuff done. And so sure. thank you for completing it. Uh, I'm going to pull it up real quick, the one that you sent back. So oh, yeah. if you could kind of run through uh, your totals and then kind of how you felt while you were taking it, like how the words kind of related to you and, and whatnot. Let me, uh, let me pull this up. I don't yeah. actually have it in front of me. So as he's pulling it up for everyone, uh, just as a recap, the true colors assessment goes off of four color zones and it's all based on words and descriptors that relate to you. And then you prioritize which ones are most important in your life. Uh, and then what it'll do is it'll culminate a sum of the scores and then it'll determine what your top two uh, colors may be. And even last episode, we had someone that had a tie for first and second. So uh, Jake, if you have it up right now, feel free to go through uh, the top two that you have and kind of the, the words that really stuck out to you in, in the rows that you were like, oh yeah, definitely 100% me. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it looks like I got green and orange. Uh, green is the uh, winner by four points. And um, it seems like there's a theme there with some of those, uh, some of those words, mm -hmm. versatile, inventive, uh, what else is in there? Curious, conceptual, um, theoretical seeking i like yeah. um what else do we have in here determined complex i i definitely identify with that composed i like to try to stay composed anyway <laughs> <laughs> and uh principle and uh philosophical was in there as well uh but i don't know man i identified with a lot of it yep. other than the um some of the uh more just direct terms like parental and traditional uh yeah. i think I, I like to stay away from the opposite of that but uh you know there's um a lot of my kind of approach has has you know been fit in uh to to what's coming at you and and try to mm -hmm. you know i don't know the best way to describe this uh kind of take what's uh, given to you and then adapt and make things mm -hmm. better and uh you know try to assess the situation and, and find the best way to to move forward uh yeah. with knowledge that you have you know and um obviously um kind was, of sorry no 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 i just wanted to say because i know peter's peter's agreeing but i'll just as you're explaining all that i think that's extra perfect for someone in your field someone who works in an environment where you know things can change all the time it's a live setting and you know what i mean you can't you can't like go crazy or like you just have to be able to adapt and quickly change and the show goes on you know as they say so mm -hmm. i think that's that at, just as you saying that i feel like that's a that's perfect yeah. but peter is also a green 
Let's go. So you are one of the, f- you're the first person actually to match with me on no way. This, nice. this color sheet. We've had two blues in the past so far. Hey, so both have related to Josh. Oh, <laughs> uh, a common, nice. a common uh, kind of word association I have with green that you'll probably hit right away is like solutions oriented. Yeah. So it's always about like, what's the next step to make sure that we get the next thing done and never focusing more on like the, what went wrong, but like the, how are we going to make sure it doesn't happen again? Kind of mentality. Totally. The orange as your second is actually a really good combination. Orange is kind of the the spontaneous, like entrepreneurial spirit kind of person. The like, not oftentimes will we have everything figured out, but we know that we have the energy to dig in and just make it work. Um, mm. So it's kind of the the entrepreneurial, innovative spirit combined with the analytical, like, okay, after it's done, let's figure out like two things to work on for next time. And one thing that was really good for this one, you know, mm, so um, that was really cool. It, it's, it's one of those things again, for all of our listeners where you're not compartmentalized to each color. Everybody has a bit of each. So to say that, you know, blue and gold were on the low end for you doesn't mean you have no empathy and no personable skills for cultivating relationships. It's just more your work style and the way that you interact with people is highly dependent on, I feel what you bring to the table to start your preparation uh, and the way that you minimize risk and minimize variables that can come as curveballs your way. Um, and you even said it, it's where like making sure that you're accepting the things that are happening to you and finding solutions with it. I think a lot of that comes with control what's being able to be under control. And that mm-hmm. makes the things that come at you not seem so big, you know? Um, totally. So dude, thank you for doing this, this uh, true colors assessment. Again, we're going to paste the link for this, uh, document into the podcast description for everyone. So again, please feel free to reach out. Let us know what your colors are. Shout out to Kenny Perez from the last time uh, he reached out and let us know that he also was a blue. So Josh, you got more. Hey, on there. what up, Kenny? Uh, Let's go. <laughs> but you know, us greens will just continue to be right more than ninety nine percent of the time, and we'll just keep <laughs> moving forward while you guys talk about how great it is. <laughs> that's yeah, that's that's how it is you're about right <laughs> um, All right, let's, okay let's so, get into this yeah yes absolutely so jake um we want to kind of break down who you are the man the myth the legend in a way uh and so given that you are born and raised las vegas it's not one of those transplant people that claim it um obviously there's it's not always love for a city or a place that you call home but why why las vegas for you why is that the place where you're just like I am so proud to represent this place and make sure that people know that I'm proud to be, you know, a Las Vegas resident and citizen. For sure. Yeah. For me personally, I think it's been, uh, an overall development that's, you know, taken my entire life. Um, you know, when you grow up here, you don't really identify with a lot of the, I don't know, the traditional aspects of Vegas that everybody identifies with thinks about, you know, as Vegas, um, but yeah, man, especially over the last 10 years, I'd say I've, I've really come into a love with this city that I, I can't much explain. It's, it's kind of hard to, to put a tangible, uh, you know, point to it. But, um, I think when you start to contribute to the city or, you know, you start to, uh, involve yourself with the community and, uh, you know, whatever it is that you do, uh, doesn't matter. It could be, could be anything, uh, whatever you love, uh, when you start to, to put that back into the city and contribute it and put it out there into the environment, you, you realize that there's this give and take and this love that comes back to you as you give to it. So, um, 
yeah, it's been, it's been a really special thing for me to, to realize. And I think, um, you know, it came when initially as a kid, I just loved going to, to sporting events here in town and it's the Las Vegas thunder hockey and UNLV basketball and football, baseball, all these things that, um, you know, for me, it was like, wow, this is cool. People are, you know, kind of rallying around a common theme or cause and, uh, kind of fell in love with that and grew up playing sports here in town. So, um, once I got to college and, and realized, you know, I had to decide what I wanted to do. I always had a love for music and soundtracking things. I knew I wanted to soundtrack movies, film, things like that, but never knew how to get into it other than going to film school. And that wasn't in my wheelhouse. So, um, obviously not being able to play sports past a certain point in college due to injury. It was like, well, I love sports and I love music. Can I figure out a way to marry the two? And, um, you know, it was, this was kind of an additional thought as I was being a musician here in the scene, I started, you know, bands in high school and then through college and, you know, my band was playing at tailgates at, at you know, UNLV football games. And, oh, we're, okay. uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Back. I'm sure, sh- I'm sure there was many a times where we were playing the same tailgate. Oh, uh, right. The name oh, of your right. band was Imagine Dragons, right? That was the name of your band. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, the funny part, it's like, you know, there was so many times where my band was opening for them yeah. and playing with them. And you look back and a lot of those opportunities because you just said yes to you know what what came to you and especially in in moments where it might not have been uh you know the best decision or like the most practical decision but that opportunity was there Mm -hmm. uh you know it was like well i got to open for imagine dragons before they were big or like yeah shit when (laughs) i think i was 15 years old i went to panic of the disco's first show that was in like the back of a uh family music center in Summerlin. And it was because, yeah, it was because this girl was just like, Hey, do you want to go to panic? Um, you know, I had the demo at the time. I'm like, sure. Yeah. We're going to drive out there. And you never assume that a band's going to be, you know, the echelon. That's the exact same, uh, thing that kid Conrad said. So kid Conrad went to high school with those guys. Oh, really? He was like, yeah, he's like, these guys just playing all these battle bands, just loud making a, he's like, and now they're there and I'm here. And I was like, well, that's like, I mean, you know, like you're surrounding yourself with people that are doing it. And like, there's nothing to be you know, ashamed of. With For it. sure. It's just so cool. Also, how small of a network it is really in Vegas. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, those like opportunities, away, right? Those opportunities led to other things. I mean, I took from from going to bands. Uh, I remember the first time I had heard that there was going to be a festival coming to town. I was already mm-hmm. a fan of festivals in general. Yeah. And uh saw the article about it and I'm like, you know what, I gotta, I gotta figure out how I'm going to work for this festival. This is, you know, it was a startup. Um, so I ended up getting in contact with the guy and we're working out of his living room and it ended up being life is beautiful festival. And it, you know, at the time you're like, Oh, you don't know what that's going to amount to, uh, necessarily, but because of, you know, playing in bands and, and doing stage managing and other things that kind of put me in position to have some form of, uh, I don't know, knowledge in in the booking realm and, and, you know, what's popular in music and those types of things that, you know, they, they add up. So necessarily it wouldn't have been the biggest thing to say, Oh yeah, you know, we're going to play a Monday night, a bunkhouse or whatever that doesn't really stack up to be that impactful. But if you start to compound them all, uh, 
you know, over time, I feel like those moments and those experiences kind of put you in a position to, you know, eventually for, for my experience, uh, step into, like Josh said, you know, working for the, the minor league baseball team. And then that ends up putting me in position to then, you know, step into the hockey team when we got an NHL team here in town. So, right. I, I just wanted to say something real quick. And I think that's, you know, this is like so important when it comes to networking, because it's like, you really never know, like out of all the people you meet, you never know who's going to become that next person or who's going to mm-hmm. become. And I like always think about this with bands, you know what I mean? That's what made me think of it. Cause there's been so many bands. You got to think there's probably so many bands that could have been so amazing that like never made it out of their garage. So it's like, just because someone's like up and coming and actually we'll probably talk about this later. Cause you deal with a lot of up and coming artists just cause they're, you know, someone's up and coming. You can't just dismiss them or cause you never know, like, especially these days it takes, you know, one song, one TikTok video for someone to just blow up and become the next biggest thing. So mm-hmm. I don't know, that's like not exactly what you were discussing, but I think that's like so important for people to totally really, like yeah. anyone can blow up or be big. So if you just treat everyone equally and with respect, you know, you don't know how that might pay off later. And they'll be like, oh yeah, I remember you gave us that shot. You let us play at this thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. For the sure. The other side of it, I think is like, just smile and say yes. Like just <laughs> yeah. be be accessible right accessibility is the greatest work attribute you can bring to the table and definitely um, that's that's such a cool story of how it's just most of the networking that's done and a lot of the relationship cultivation in vegas really is just someone will vouch for you and just that person's name alone will open doors for you that you never thought and 90 percent of that is just being a good person being accessible being available like respecting the other person and their craft and and oftentimes just that that uh what would you call it like the the platonic support of just like you're unconditionally just there and like supporting them and like you don't expect anything that that's the coolest one too when you either are surrounded by people that are doing that or you're doing that yourself it's just it feels so much better than to give and provide that person an opportunity because you're like look like you don't expect anything like you're just like supporting me because you care and like it's so easy i think nowadays too you can probably attribute to this even right now it's like the amount of people that just have an agenda and like try to hide it, but it's so abundantly clear, whether it's nonverbal communication or even if it's just the way that they're messaging you and, and the the type of inflection they're giving in their writing, it's like either come out with it and just say it, but don't like fake it, you know? Like that that yeah. to me I think is a rough thing right now with authentic- authenticity around like networking and, and building relationships in, in a city, especially like Vegas, where it's just everybody has to hustle. And totally. word gets around of the way that you interact with people and the way that you do business. So um, such a cool story of the way that you made that happen. Josh, I think this leads really well into your next question. Yeah. So I actually wanted to talk, well, maybe actually first, if you could just talk about how you got into your career in radio, because I know you were doing NPR, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you were doing something before that. Can you just like briefly just talk about how you got into doing radio? Yeah, I actually got in at the uh, college radio station, KUNV has oh, a, uh, yeah, yeah, has a UNLV. It's called the Rebel HD2. Mm-hmm. That was like where I got my first show. Um, it was within the same time where I was hoping to get a job in baseball, in sports and things like that. So I knew I just had to, you know, build my resume and, and kind of add some, some things on the tool belt, if you will. Um, and yeah, kind of started with that, um, moved into consulting marketing and and things for their own their main station and then helping them throw events and festivals and things like that and um 
that segued into a job with NPR um, here in town. They have a couple different stations. So most importantly, I think I was kind of soundtracking their their breaks. Like if you hear like, you know, support for NPR comes from whatever and you hear music underneath that, it was, you know, I've loved doing soundtracking stuff like that. So finding music that fits well with, you know, somebody uh, kind of talking on top of it. And um, then they ended up starting a station up in Reno, end up uh, doing a whole like a music discovery station there in Reno where uh, we were kind of playing all genres and full discovery and uh, pretty cool stuff. Unfortunately, that thing, you know, due to uh, financial concerns with uh, just the overall environment, they've tabled that thing. But um, yeah, it was a good experience and definitely, you know, like I said, it's just one of those things where it's a stepping stone and builds, uh, you know, opportunity for you to move into another role potentially. Okay. So then, so you, so you got that job with the plans of getting into sports. For sure. So then, so was your first job in sports with the 51s? Yep. Yep. I was, um, yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of doing, um, the first gig I got was actually to soundtrack the Cubs and the Indians game that they do. It was like a, you know, big league oh, weekend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there was a trial like, Hey, you know, see if you can do it type thing. And, uh, and that ended up being a full-time gig. They're like, Hey, do you want to do the rest of the season? I said, sure. And to be honest, it's one of those things too, where it's not like you can bank on a full-time employment with that. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where you sacrifice, you know, more of the pay for the opportunity and hope that, you know, with that foresight and some vision that you have, whether it be whatever you want to do, um, you know, you can take the pay cut for, for the time being for that opportunity in the future. That so reminds that's, that's me. Cool that, oh, uh, sorry. Go Josh. I was just going to say that move was very calculated because I didn't know if you were in radio and you just got a sports opportunity. That's cool that you played sports. You knew you want to do sports. You were like, let me do this radio thing real quick to get the experience I need. And then like, it's literally been, you know, like clockwork. That's, that's super cool. It worked out. Yeah. You're, you're, you green personalities. But <laughs> go ahead. What were you going to say, Peter? No, it's, um, even just hearing you say that, Jake, it, it, it's so cool how similar music and sports industry can be with that. So an immediate example I thought of when you said that was, um, so Brad Stevens, the coach for the Celtics, um, he is an alum of where I went to undergrad. And so he would come back and do like sessions with us every year. And like, he'd come and hang out for a weekend and just kind of like, kind of mentor people and whatnot um and it's literally the same track record so he was working at willie pharmaceuticals as like an engineer or a product specialist and he literally quit that job to volunteer as an assistant trainer for butler university (laughs) so he went from roughly 350k a year down to zero a year and it was literally just like well a i got to pay my dues but b like i'm gonna be with a division one program like literally surrounding myself with the people that I want to like turn into at the end of the day. And it was obviously calculated. He had to do the math on like how sustainable can this be right now? Like what's my wife making all that good stuff. But like the sacrifice you have to make to make sure that you're surrounding yourself in the right environment to have those doors open at the end of the day. I mean, you know, I, I I'd say being the youngest Boston Celtics coach in the history of the Celtics is a pretty good landing spot for that kind of sacrifice i don't know about you guys but um it's just so cool how the how the uh risk reward and just the idea of really betting on yourself and putting it on put your chips on the table it's just like here's what i know i'm good at and here's what i know i need to do to get to that next step 
Um, oftentimes it's not going to be that like immediate jump. You have to do a couple of zigs and zags here and there, but, um, it's just so cool to see how those patterns are similar. And, and obviously like you saw that really early on of just, Oh, I can just kind of transfer and adapt to the, the skills I have already in that type of relationship and skill building into different sectors, whether it's sports, music, or obviously both. So, um, it's sure. a really cool thing. Yeah. I think they got one more question then because we want to talk about obviously so you were you were working with the Cubs. Then what was the what was the next step? Did they just call you? Did the Golden Knights call you? Did the NHL call you? How did that work to get into that uh Yeah, I I was working with the um with the fifty ones, the minor league team here in town for two years. So kind of doing that on the side, I started to pick up other gigs like the Las Vegas bowl, you know, the, the, um, the big football game here in town, um, before the Raiders. And, um, so kind of just adding things like that to the resume and then knew who they were hiring as far as directors on, uh, the golden Knights side of things and asked them to come out to a game. And, um, yeah, got him tickets to a to a game. It was Mother's Day, and I remember I was playing a bunch of like Mother's theme stuff. You know, it was more themed because of the uh, the occasion, and it was a day game, and it was you know feel good that type of vibe. And uh, I don't know if it was just the selections or what it was, but he yeah he he dug it and said, hey, you know, I need a guy and need someone that knows what you're doing. And lucky for me the program that I had been working on the entire time for the baseball thing was the exact program that they were going to be using for the hockey. And they needed someone that knew that program. So just kind of worked out that way. That's incredible. Um, Josh, I kind of want to transition into the travel sports section right now, if that's cool with you next segment. Um, let's see. I think Josh actually might've frozen Jake. I can't tell if you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, so we'll keep going. Hopefully, Josh will be able to jump back in. <laughs> oh, he's he gone. gone, gone. He gone. All right. That's okay now. We'll just keep it moving. Um, so one of the biggest things that Josh and I were talking about when, when we were prepping this interview was really picking your brain around. Oh, Josh is back. Hey, Josh. Ooh, I don't know what happened there. Sorry. That's all right. We're, we're back. Um, for all of you listening, please, if you have dial up, get rid of it. Over something a little bit faster. This is a tangible example. You're real funny. <laughs> um, so, Josh, we're transitioning into the travel sports situation right. um, in that segment of our interview. So, um, I was telling Jake one of the one of the key things that we were talking about, you and I, around kind of picking Jake's brain was kind of research and preparation, which ironically ties in really well with his green personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a really cool thing in, in understanding kind of the mind of Jake and how you go about your research tactics. So market research is, is a critical thing for you, understanding what everyone else is doing in your field of, you know, the NHL landscape, but also any type of sport out there. You know, there's, you're going to have music curators and music directors in every single uh, spectrum of the sports world. Are there any specific cities or um, programs or, you know, organizations where you're just like, I always want to know what they're doing because they just have something going on. That's like innovative and and killing it. Hmm. That's tough. It's a good question, isn't it? Yeah. It's a very good question. (laughs) Oh man. It's, it's, it's a little loaded on the answer for me because Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot 
there's a lot of teams, you know, that do some really great stuff. So to, to pinpoint one is, is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, hockey specifically, I know I was initially looking to, to shows like Nashville. I mean, that was like the most rock in place, um, you know, before we got in. So um, kind of just leaning to see what they do. And it's interesting. A lot of these cities are, are very, um, I don't know. They're, they're curated and catered to the, the style of audience and, and what the audience wants to hear, which is great. Um, you know, but obviously you're going to get a little more toned down, um, depending on where you're going. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some really cool shows, man. LA has a great light show. I I'm a huge fan of, of lights and, and additional value when it comes to uh, production. So stuff like that. Um, but when, you know, when you start to travel, you realize, man, there's just too much happening and, and some really cool stuff around the world. Like we, uh, we were out in Japan and, and going to a baseball game there. It's like, you know, they have this entire, I don't know. It's almost a, uh, an orchestration. There's a band and there's a, you know, horns and everyone has chants and cheers. And it's like, uh, to see the, the difference and, you know, be able to create something new and, and, and find your own kind of pocket within that is, is, is a fun time. And it's pretty cool to, to see, you know, all the different aspects of fandom. Yeah, that's super cool. I actually, my next question, I was going to, I was going to say that, you know, the, the NHL P, uh, Players Association voted T-Mobile Arena as like the best atmosphere in the whole league. So essentially that means that you have won the Stanley Cup of uh, music <laughs> directing Hey-o. for the NHL. So <laughs> congratulations. I was going to say, because I haven't been to so many hockey games, but I have been to Nashville. And uh, it's really cool because in Nashville, they have like a country band that plays like on all the breaks and stuff like that. And I mean, it's Nashville. I went to Nashville. I didn't see not one DJ the whole time I was there. It was kind of sure. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, in, in Vegas, it's the opposite, right? Yeah, yeah. we got we got a DJ. We got DJ Green. Shout out yeah. To so so Green. Joe Green's Joe yeah. Green's always spinning pregame and, and, you know, in between we have now we're even doing like coming back from intermissions. We do like a club style set where it's just like you know, jack the place up again. And, yeah. You know, you'll see, you'll see DJs on the concourse when you're walking in, you know, two or three different places and you'll see one on the plaza before you're walking in. So, I mean, obviously we've established that, yeah. you know, we want to lean heavier on that party side of things and, you know, showcase our so DJs. And just as a, just as a caveat, Josh, I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. Yeah, um, yeah. Jake, you'll, you'll appreciate this. So I moved, I moved to Vegas in May of 2018 and so my first experience ever with the Golden Knights was Game Two Stanley Cup. Oh, what? so like I'd never been to a game before anything, and literally like I moved there, and then that following week, oh. Stanley Cup Finals. And my so gosh. it was like Game One. I didn't have a ticket, so I was just like in the plaza. That was when it was like uh, Little John was on Little the stage, like, yeah. game, just like outside. And then they were showing everything on the on the outside of the stadium for everyone. And then Game Two, I got to go. So that was when I got to see the entire like theater. Literally, like what a baptism by fire of moving to Vegas. Like, hey, welcome to Vegas. Also, like we're in the Stanley <laughs> Cup Finals, right? This year, yeah, like, so much. <laughs> so, um, yeah, definitely compared to the World Series in Kansas City, night and day with uh, entertainment and value proposition. I'd say so. Shout out to you for that. 
I mean, you know, we're lucky though. That's the thing. It's like, I I understand that this wouldn't work many of other places. You know, that's, that's the thing. It's like, we're grateful for that opportunity and to be able to kind of take it in that direction because, you know, we're we're the entertainment capital of the world yeah and, and I think like, about, like i always think that when i see the opening show like i think i'm like this is a lot like this is really it's, it's a lot it's very over the top but because there's so many fans that come here from all over the place and this is vegas like we embrace that over the top crazy so like you know what i mean maybe if we were like some team in you know some random city that's like you know people are oh i'm going to the game after work like it would be too much, but this is Vegas. You know what I mean? So I don't yeah. know. I think that's so cool. And especially like in the, in the Stanley cup and in the playoffs, like you guys got bring the certain days to lay people out and it gets super wild. So I don't know. All, all of that is really cool. Yeah. There's literally no such thing as like a, an after dinner crowd in Vegas, like normal teams. It's like, if they started like a basketball game at six or seven, it's like, you're going to have people coming in second quarter, maybe after the first half Vegas. I've, I don't think I've ever seen on TV or when I was there, like, any sporting event where it's like still filling up after the first yeah. quarter, like people are just there. It's like so that, that's like yeah. such a cool like added thing you have, so that the entertainment you bring to the table is actually absorbed by like a majority of the fan base when they're there. Yeah, that definitely. I mean, it's it's by design from the front office side, and and uh, you know our VP of entertainment that has since gone on to um, he's at Madison Square Garden now, but it was his kind of vision to to get people in the seat and you know get them to to talk to each other and you know form a bond before the game starts so that when we yeah. get into the game it's it's more of a tight-knit thing and yeah you know it's it's definitely worked out it's a very college atmosphere kind of environment which is such a cool thing to bring to the table there yeah um josh do you have another question for him um yeah i wanted to ask since how we're talking about hockey um you know the, the i looked up last night hockey's supposed to have playoffs coming up so the biggest golden knights are the pacific division champs shout out to the knights um but how is the do you have any insider information on what the hockey playoffs are going to look like are are you going to be working is there going to be fans like oh man i wish i had some we want we want we want to take the credit for the breaking news let's go yeah okay guys i've got the scoop (laughs) no i'm kidding i i've got nothing honestly that's i mean it's just such an interesting time, you know, with, with everything that's going on and the uncertainties and, you know, all the health concerns and social and it's, it's crazy. So I think right now they're just working things out behind the scenes. They're going to let us know. Um, I would guess that a lot of the game day crew is not going to be involved uh, once they start back up with that round robin tournament. But from what I've read, yeah, they're going to, they're going to do a seating or a, a round robin type tournament for the, I don't know, the lower seeds to get into the uh, tournament to play the top seeds and then play off from there. Um, but it should be interesting, man. I'm excited to watch it just because, you know, as a sports fan, it's like we've been deprived for so long now. It's let's just, let's just do as much as we can. Run, yeah, run yeah. No fans. We'll be all right. We'll, we'll yeah. right. Dude, I got really into marble racing over the past couple <laughs> months. That's been like ecstatic for me. <laughs> um, so uh, to finish out our, our traveling segment, I want to kind of get your take on, did you have any like super dope trips planned that, ha- that unfortunately got canceled, whether it's personal or work related? And then the first place you're going to go once it's like completely open to travel, whether it's like international or just domestic, like 
do you have a go-to where you're just like, I need to get out and go here? Cause I'm sure everyone in this group can relate. And for our listeners who have been to Vegas, like at times you can get cabin fever because you're just kind of in a bowl. And oftentimes mm-hmm. like just escaping for a quick second is, is good for the mind, good for the body, good for the soul. Uh, Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, I was, um, I was actually in the midst of planning a honeymoon with my wife. So that was, uh, that was put on hold. And, uh, so yeah, we've been kind of cooped up. We're actually planning on going to Alaska here in uh, about a month. I think she's from up there. Her family's up there. So we've got a place and uh, it's one of those places that I just love to escape. It's so big and you know, I'm a huge outdoors guy. Love to go, you know, to the woods and mountains. So Alaska's, that's my go-to. Nice. Um, you know, I had planned on hitting a couple concerts. It was like in the fall, I, you know, marked out where we were going to fly. We, we already purchased tickets and now it's like, those are slowly getting canceled. Getting you know, canceled. Um, <laughs> Who, what, which concerts were you going to go uh, to? The big one was, was David Gray out in San Francisco at the, oh, uh, the yeah, Greek. Man. Yeah. Yeah. We've been Dude. wanting to see him for a while. But, you know, the festival season, that's big for me. I just, uh, you can't beat it, man. Yeah, that's rough. Like, concerts, man. Like, concerts, sporting events. I don't know. I don't even really want to get into it. It's kind of mm-hmm. sad. I just, I, I just think right now of, like, your conversation with your wife, just like, babe, it's not me. It's the yeah. world. We can't go on this trip right now because of the world. Oh, I'm yeah. sure it's the world, honey. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, it's not that I didn't plan it. She's like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, sure bad timing david gray mm-hmm. dude what a what a blast from the late 90s early dude josh mm-hmm. babylon still a killer at happy hour gigs still a killer yep, song yep yeah that's that, that's Man. in your uh yeah he sent me his happy hour playlist Dude, he has Peter has the best happy hour playlist of all time. I, man, I live for like dinner party gigs, like because hey, like value proposition food. Let's be honest here. Yeah, I'll take a slight pay cut if I have this giant tab open for for whatever I want to eat. <laughs> but also, it's I, I think you've been there too, Jake. It's just like when you got the people sitting with the heads nodding. That's when you know like that vibe is what it needs to be for that restaurant. For sure. Um, but yeah, David Gray is a huge person. Apollo Nutini, another great oh, yeah. artist that, that can go far with that. The Kooks. Oh man. my gosh! Mm-hmm. All those I saw like, them. Just, what a great show! Just like the Kooks at uh, at STK on Saturday. There we go. <laughs> Always a classic. Yeah. Um. Let's go to the music segment now. Josh, take it away with our music segment. Hold up. So music. Um. Yeah. So clearly you have like a super great um you know music library and know you have a good cool vinyl library that i've seen from your instagram i just wanted to talk about like when did you first find your passion for discovering music i know you say you play uh play do you play guitar i think right yeah play keys guitar uh, yeah it's okay. a bunch of stuff so when when did you find that passion for music and then i want to talk about your sonic storyteller that playlist because i listen to it all the time now Man, I need to update that. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, I'm gonna just get into that. I don't know, man. I've been doing it for uh, for a long time. Ever since I was a kid, it's like my mom uh, to kind of counterbalance the the overload of sports and you know all that testosterone. My dad was was getting us. It was like you know what what do you want to do? And it was like well, start with piano lessons. So you know, started learning piano, and then I got into guitar. They got me a guitar. Um, for one of my birthdays and they got me into plays I was you know it was in musicals as a kid it was it's kind of one of those things where it's like just a natural progression and you start to realize 
you know, these things are just in you. And, um, I don't know, man, I was always making mixtapes. I'm sure you guys can, can, you know, remember you got to press play and record at the same time and stop it before the DJ comes back in from the radio. Yeah. The tape days too. Yeah. (laughs) Oh dude. All the time. And then, you know, once Napster in Kazam and all those, it was, there we go. We were called, we called it. We called it. We were literally talking about this like 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, guilty. It's it's just opened up a world, you know. You start to realize, like, I don't know. As a kid, I was finding stuff that I shouldn't have, really. And you know, there was MySpace, and you could you could click around and dig into deeper categories and pure volume, and all these different websites started popping up. Where it was like, wow, if you had the you know more um, the taste for it or you, you were hungry for wanting to find more stuff. It was out there. Um, so yeah, I guess for me in high school it was more like emo bands and, you know, like stuff I was sharing around, uh, with girls and you just try to make mixtapes for people. And then, um, you know, joining bands and starting bands and kind of went from there. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's like vinyl collection is, is kind of been like a new, habit for me um, especially because I'm, I'm realizing there's so much great older stuff that i haven't found and, and dug into and it's just a it's it's another world you know you start to realize there's been a lot of music that's been passed over you know and that we've missed and start you unearth some things and you're like wow this is my favorite you know record right now and it's something that people haven't heard about and that's pretty cool i like to uh it's like treasure think- hunting I think that's super t- cool too with vinyl because there's like so many versions of songs and I've like noticed this with some of like the reggae stuff that I have that it's like they came out with so many different versions but like you know only the one version got played on the radio but like oh I have this other version or whatever and it's almost kind of similar to now where like so many people come up with different remixes and they're like on SoundCloud or they're on you know it's almost like oh I got this version that you don't have but that was even harder back in the day with vinyl you know what I mean because I mean, I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about it. And I think oh, yeah. I kind of want to get back into collecting vinyl because I was for a while. Then I felt like it was kind of a waste of money because I wasn't playing vinyl. But now I kind of want to start playing vinyl. I don't know. We'll Josh is a low-key hipster. Low-key closet <laughs> hipster. Just closet, yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll do the next question, Josh. But I also wanted to bring up like, Jake, you brought up a really cool perspective of the globalization of access to music yeah. and how the time when you really dug into this, I'd say probably like late nineties, early two thousands to mid two thousands was really like the peak of that happening. And the idea that we went from the, the radio stations, the music labels really dictating what people had access to. It completely changed in that single moment. And uh, it's just such a cool thing to think about how you kind of caught on it right at the right time. It was just, that timing couldn't have been more perfect to make sure that you were on the cusp of being able to be a part of that, you know, revolution, but also like really use it to your advantage. It's just like, here's something that no one's ever been able to do before. Like, let me see how quickly I can become good at it. You know, such a cool thing. I absolutely did the exact same thing as you just making sure that a lot of the music curation was just mixtapes. Like, yo, I think she's going to like this. I think, mm-hmm. yo, that was like such a, such I a fundamental like component dude- of why I did it. <laughs> yeah i feel like every dude did made a mixtape for a girl like you know yeah. what i mean it has like all the slow songs like at the end and stuff. dude tamia tamia was always my go-to she was just like oh man what a what a what a song or anything by her just to make it 
sentimental. Um, okay, Jake, I have kind of a role play scenario for you. Um, a lot of our listeners, this will be one of their first times ever getting to hear and experience kind of a lens of somebody who's in the music curation, soundtrack making, programmatic side to music, uh, more or less like the quote unquote corporate lens into how music creation happens uh, for sports specifically. So the the kind of landscape looks like this. You're in charge of directing music for upwards of 20,000 people live, plus any ins and outs that happen, whether it's people outside the stadium, whatever the case is. Clearly, you have a process of how you go about from start to finish of like the beginning of an event till the end of an event. Are there like go-to strategies you have around like, I have to make sure that these things are in place before anything else happens around just like completing that day's program? Mm. Not necessarily, but I think it's something. Am I losing you? So no, I'm you're unstable. Good. All right. You're good. Not necessarily. Um, but I think it's something that I'm always cognizant of, uh, especially the same way you guys are reading a crowd and, and knowing, or at least assuming what they, they might want. Um, you know, it's, it's, definitely in that same vein um i like to to have a ratio of sorts where it's like three for you one for me maybe um but I like that. you know it's it's always evolving and and you know sometimes you'll forget oh you know i haven't i haven't done the sing-along that they want or you know the uh the stadium stompers those classics that you you know yeah. you have to get in um you know just to make it a good event you know, especially like stuff. If I go and do a, a one-off event for for the NHL or something, and it's not necessarily my fans, it would be you know another team's oh, fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, same as like you mentioned, the preparation. It's like having to to dig into what they do at their arenas and find out what they like to sing along to. And you know, I think those things can happen organically as long as you're you're aware and knowledgeable about what you're trying to achieve. Uh, and obviously it's a little easier if you have maybe a list or a checklist or something yeah. like keep yourself um, a, fo- a follow-up question on that. Do you have like specific colleagues and friends in other areas where you can just hit them up and be like, yo, I'm about to do a curated list for a group coming in. Like, do you have any go-tos right now that are just killing it in your city? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are some, uh, there are some, I think, to be honest, I mean, Joe Green here, I mean, that's my dude. He's like my right-hand man. So anything that like, you know, I want to cross-reference, I always go to him first. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of the city, it's like there's some good stuff happening in Edmonton, yeah. L.A. Um, I'm excited to see what they do in Seattle, honestly, because they're going to have a mm-hmm. partnership with KEXP. And and that's, a you know, one of my favorite radio stations. The powerhouse up there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in in the nation. So, to see what they're going to do and and uh, kind of, you know, see the dichotomy between the two is going to be cool. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's nice to be able to to lean on other other DJs. I mean, it's interesting. Some of these guys that have been, you know, doing it since the the beginning of their teams, like the LA guy, he's still there, uh, you know, for thirty years. And the New York guy, the guy that made their goal song he's been there for 30 years. So, uh, you know, these people get embedded in the uh, organizations and yeah. it's so that's the lifetime. Plan. You're going to stay, 
You're going to stay there for, you're going to stay in that position for a while. then. Uh, well, like I said, it's like, uh, you get in this love, you know, it's like, um, it's just a different thing when you, when you start to love the city and, you know, really understand it. Yeah. Um, real, real thank quick, you for I answering that. To, Go ahead, I wanted Josh, to sorry. shout out Joe Green because we mentioned him twice already. He's yeah. actually one of the people that taught me how to DJ. So uh, I just want to shout him out because back in, I probably said this on the podcast before, but back in the day at UNLV, there was like only a couple of DJs and he was one of them. And he, him and this dude, DJ DJ, like literally took the time out to teach me how to DJ. So dude, shout out DJ to DJ. What a great name. name. Yeah. What a great name. Dude, yeah, dude. And DJ, DJ is the man uh, back at ZBT parties. And I yep, remember Joe yep. from back then too. It's like, you know, it's those paths crossing. Mm-hmm. Even when, um, when I started to, we, we were doing showcases for life is beautiful festival it was basically like yeah. a tryout for locals to get on to the festival the first year and i looked mm-hmm. back through through posters and of course joe green's on on one of them you know he he was spinning i'm like man it's just we're always crossing paths in the small yeah. town yeah. all right i want to play a clip of a song for you oh, and yeah. i want to know the origin story and kind of how you came about making this such a prolific song <laughs> for the las vegas golden knights you ready okay here we go. Yeah. 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 Um, well, interesting. It was in like this. Basically, it was given to me in a folder of potential tracks, right? And okay. This, this was from our, our director at the time. He was, he was coming from WWE. So he had a, like a library of stuff that they were using, but didn't have, you know, where it was going or you know what it was going to be and for our, uh, for our listeners who who don't know what we're talking about can you please lead them into what, what sure. we're about to yeah, yeah this is um this is by an artist lake castlevania he uh, does a lot of soundtrack stuff but this is from john wick uh, i think mm-hmm. two um and it's when uh, we actually play it when the team comes out when the, the helmets dropped on top of the ice and the team comes out um there's a big ominous type bass drop that happens and a mm-hmm. big pulsating yeah, reverberation should have played it from the from the top peter that's yeah like, that's where it gets dropped yeah I, that's I kind a of sample the... clip i had a sample clip leave me oh, alone <laughs> no but it was you know it's one of those things like when i first heard it it was immediate for me like yeah. whoa this is you know the lights are out and it's all happening and it's just you know lucky yeah timing and lucky someone asked me hey what do you think and what where should these go and yeah just like i just i just want to say that that song is is so cool because now i can play that song in like when i do a lot of events like i've done uh you know a bunch of fitness events i've done like you know um 5Ks or runs, yeah. and I will always play that song like right before people get so hyped and they're like, let's go, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, they, and I always get like, probably like, I, I see you, DJ, like, you know what's up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know, I just, that song is like so amazing. I'm, you know, I guess I've never tried to like play it outside of Las Vegas, but that, I feel like John Wick mode uh, is, you know, that just holds a place in so many people's hearts here in Vegas now. And I just, I, re- I wrote that question down because I wanted, to know like how it got picked because I've never even heard of La Castlevania or whatever. Hey, shout out to Jake Wagner making all the fans of DJ Paradise <laughs> hype. Dude, yeah, <laughs> thank right. you. So, so I appreciate you for that. Oh, yeah. uh, dude, that song, that song is, is so amazing. No, like I said, it's just, you know, lucky timing. Right place, right time. 
Hey, well, I hope that one stays for 30 years. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right. So uh, I guess we could just transition a little bit to, so now, um, you know, Vegas is in, what are we in phase two? I think things are starting to open back up. Um, I just want to know, I mean, you can talk about sports, but just in general, what are you like most excited about with the, you know, the strip opening back up, the city opening back up and the whole country opening back up right now? Mm. Yeah. Um, definitely excited about sports, obviously. Um, think that's one of those things that's up in the air as far as whether or not we get to enjoy them in person or not still Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, keeping my fingers crossed on that but i'm really really hurting and and kind of earning for some live music and i feel like you know for me it's one of those things that like if you know people go to church and and you know pray and do these things and that's for me live music is the same type of experience i i feel this rejuvenation and you know aliveness that we might not feel other way uh, otherwise and um i'm just excited for you know whether it be like s- small gigs 10 15 20 people or huge festivals i'll go you know i'll i'll sign my uh my rights away if i have to but um yeah i'm just i'm really trying to stay positive hoping that some of these live music venues come back you know that's the big question it's like yeah are, are the independent venues going to make it i mean you know? even if we're looking at like on the strip alone what was the last correspondence josh it was like clubs probably not until new year's even just yeah, yeah. just until to like be November safe or new year's for for nightclubs what um, yeah that's what i okay this is what i've heard i don't you know everything everything's what you've heard but i've also since heard that some of the pool clubs are maybe looking to open around Labor Day. So maybe mm. pool clubs, maybe mm. a couple of them around Labor Day. And then I was hearing nightclubs, probably not until November and some of them shooting for New Year's. But yeah, who, who really knows? Yeah, it's uh, it wasn't a good look when the Ozarks opened up over uh, Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> that was Day, yeah. that was a rough look. There was a large spike in the in the state of Missouri <laughs> in yeah. COVID cases, but and every everyone's going out to uh to Arizona right now because Arizona's been open, and yep. I guess like people were driving out from LA, people were driving from Vegas, people were driving from all over just to go party out in Phoenix. So shout out to all my Phoenix DJs. Stay safe out there. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, hopefully we get back in the swing of things, man. Yeah. Um, to finish out the music segment, clearly right now, Jake, you are pretty much at the top of this field and industry of curating a major league sports team, doing the programmatic side for an entire organization. Is there anything right now where you're just like, man, like this would also be such a dope gig as well? Is there something where you're just like, it, it, it could be a side hustle, it could not. But just something where you're like, yo, this is also an industry that's just so cool right now. And I'd love to get to know more about it. Mm. Hmm. I've, um, you know, I, I had mentioned I've always wanted to get into to movies and, and TV, film, th- that type of thing. Um, it seems like it's ever evolving. So that's always exciting. But most recently, I've, I've been interested in the esports thing, like the, you know, yeah. the live event side of esports for me as a gamer that just, yeah, I very recreational, not serious in any means, but it's like to to understand that there's that same captivation of audience and same mm-hmm. mass of people. It's exciting, and you know, it's a new a new area that I'd like to dive into because uh, yeah. it's it's definitely more cinematic to me. You know, as far as 
the ebbs and flows and the valleys and, and the hills that you kind of take an audience on uh, with video games anyway. That's such a cool, man, I didn't even think about that. Like just the idea of like, there's going to be different amounts of energy and emotion depending on like where you are throughout the event. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's actually a really yeah. cool avenue. Um, I was going to say, I, I know Joe Green has actually done an esports, a uh, big like esports event that he DJed. He's also done the, what is it called? The World Series of Beer Pong? I guess that's Oh, yeah. He always <laughs> used to do that. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so dope. <laughs> yeah. Joe's a big, big gamer. And it's, I mean, obviously, it's the same thing with sports, too. You know, you don't want to take everyone up to, to 100 right away. It's, mm-hmm. you know, gradual. Yeah. And you guys do this all night. And wherever you guys are playing, it's the same thing. Yeah, the third quarter yeah, sucks for everyone. <laughs> you got to get through the third quarter yep. somehow. Um, get to the fourth. So we we have a quarantine edition segment that we've been doing recently. Um, and typically it's been we look up our guest's favorite restaurant. We look up their menu and we just pretend to order like we're at the restaurant. Because at the time, man, did we like All the there's just something about sitting down at a restaurant and ordering food that's just missing right now. Mm-hmm. Um places are opening back up. So what we wanted to talk to you about, and because you bring such a cool and like very unique perspective to this conversation is March, 2020. So it was in the midst of the peak of COVID coming out. iHeartRadio also dropped a bomb by essentially laying off upwards of 10% of their workforce, primarily on air radio personalities. Um, there were clear indicators of challenges coming up with iHeart across the nation with uh, profitability and the market and what's happening. And obviously, a huge component of this is on-demand streaming services. But the the tangible, I guess, effect of that clearly came into view in March when you know ten percent of their workforce got laid off. So about a, about a thousand to twelve hundred employees out of their twelve thousand employee uh, base. Given that you've you have such a, a deep hold in the radio space, um, I, I'm super interested to hear your take on like that happening. Obviously, given the entire environment of like a global pandemic and, and an impending recession, it's like the the track and the trajectory of radio is now completely up in the air of like what their next move is going to be, whether or not they're going to lean in and become adaptable or really stick their to, to their guns. Are there anything that you're seeing? anybody you're talking to where they're just like, here's indicators of stuff that might be coming up. Um, just really curious to get your take on all of that. Yeah. I, I think to put it frankly, no matter what, regardless of the pandemic and, and things that were going to happen, that was the trajectory for, for iHeart and, and, you know, most of the, the right side of the dial just based off of, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's, it's the, generalization of programming really and and you look to someone like k-rock in la where i mean they're moving that format to to a you know triple a kind of easy listening adult contemporary style rather than focusing on that localized rock that they they were yeah. for you know K-Rock was of, dope back then. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean that's an iconic station right and for us mm-hmm. you know we look to those pillars in in whatever uh you know, certain genre they may be uh, an expert in, but um, it's, you know, to, to see them lay off that amount of people and then just 
reassess or reappropriate those duties to other people is, is you know it's an indication more to the industry itself and and maybe corporate structures and the way that we're just doing work in general um you know, unfortunately or maybe fortunately for for people like us uh i think the future is in localized music whether it be music or talk or uh you know cultural programming anything that really speaks to you know the the local audience um and it can be a, a national audience too but it's mm-hmm. it's finding those those trusted sources and personalities that you identify with and and you know creating a, a relationship and a brand behind it and that's i mean you you see with uh, with Joe Rogan's latest acquisition oh yeah where we're where we're moving here and um you know it's it's exciting i think you know i'm not i'm not worried about the viability of iheart anymore because of the opportunity for something like this to be on spotify you know mm-hmm. it's pretty cool that's a really good take where rather than an entire industry getting shut down doors are already open for people it's just a matter of like a are you going to do the work behind it to dig in and oftentimes it's it's a big question because you have to basically reinvent yourself for what it's worth. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Josh, you can even make a statement to it of like, even if you move cities, like as a DJ, you got to start over, like nothing's just given to you like that. And so it's, it's a matter then of like, are you willing to like put in the work and put in the energy to make sure that you can stay relevant and stay viable and, and create some sense of solvency out of it. But even so, like you saw a lot of the personalities, it's like, they were releasing the actual money they were making. It was like maybe 12 bucks an hour. It was like, so you're sitting there like it's, it's a lot of people being laid off, but also like the hit isn't that big. So um, to your point, yeah, huge corporate restructuring, less about the money, more about the long-term viability moving forward. So um, thank, I mean, thank I think you again too, for taking that take. Yeah. I just, I just want to say real quick too. I think, I mean, I don't know so, so much about this, but I know that just every industry has been like, kind of change like you know there's been big changes and disruptions in every industry and i know obviously like you know radio versus streaming has been a thing for years now so i think maybe something like covid is just like that little breaking point that they needed but i mean i don't know i haven't haven't read everything up on this but um i don't know you were you were saying like if you move to another city it's just like in general you know times change and you got to be able to adapt quickly you know, that's why like me and Peter were talking, we're starting a, um, a Twitch stream. You know, I never in a hundred years thought I'd be doing a Twitch stream. I was like, Twitch is just like strictly for gamers. And now we're literally, shout out to Peter for setting most of it up, but we're learning so many things. It's like, yo, you got to move, you got to adapt, you got to keep, you know, or you're going to get forgot about. Oh yeah. Dude. Kudos to you guys for even taking that, you know, chance. I, I take zero credit. Like shout out to DJ Scratchy and Five. They were the ones that oh, yeah. <laughs> gave me the tools to make this happen, but um yeah i'm excited for it it's obviously super ill-timed given the uh, ascap bmi <laughs> crackdown that happened in mm-hmm. the past seven days so we'll see how far we get with it but at the same time it's it, it wouldn't be i guess it would be what would you call it like we owe it to the public to make sure that we're accessible uh by any means necessary and, and clearly right now like in the in the lapse of not having gigs and live performances this is the next best step for us to be able to be seen and be heard and, and share what we have with the community. Um, obviously, Instagram and Facebook make it 
much more difficult than Twitch is right now. So mm-hmm. we're trying to be adaptable. We are. It's it's now just then we can also just continue to build the content that we have. So even if it's a low turnout the first couple of times, we still have like tangible content that we can re um, share with everyone at a later time. So uh, that's mostly the angle of it. Um, content is king. You already know. Accessibility is uh, job security right there. <laughs> Bingo. Um, we're at one of the last segments of our interview, Jake. So we have rapid fire questions for you. So it's going to be solid. quick questions, short answers. Just you already know how it goes. So here we go. Um, Josh, I can do the first one and then you lead in. Uh, all right, go. Go for it. All right. You're at the airport, Jake. You're about to board a flight. What is the snack and the drink of your choice? Oh, my. Oh, water for sure. Probably I'm going with like pretzel M&M's. Okay. Just all right. Pretzel random. M&M's. Pretzel what's the, uh, what's the pH the level of this bag. water you're getting? Is this, our, is this artisanal water we're going after? What's <laughs> well, the pH level here? Yeah, it depends. I'm usually bringing in the uh, the reusable bottle. The hydro. Ooh, let's ooh. go. I see. Yep, see. Yep. Peter don't care about the environment. That's okay. <laughs> Come on. Oh, no, no, no. We know, you, we know you've influenced him. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I can, I, I can go for the tap. No, nah, you got You got to have the almond M and M's though. Those are the ones. Out of they're like hard to find. It's like that tan, the tan. Yeah. But oh, I, don't know I do why. remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The almond M and M's in a while. I haven't eaten a regular M and M since I've had almond M and M's. Honestly, hmm. we're so bad at rapid fire questions, <laughs> dude. They always take so long. Uh, all right. Second question: What is your biggest pet peeve musically? And travel-wise, go. Oh, man. Uh, biggest pet peeve musically it would be like playing the same song twice in a, in a you know, an event or, or a setting. And, and I do it, uh, you know, it happens. So it's more like for my own personal. And what was the second uh, question? Uh, travel, travel-wise, like when you're traveling, anything to do with oh. travel, what's your biggest pet peeve? Anyone in that middle seat that's taken up both the armrests. Oh, <laughs> but they deserve it though. They deserve the armrests. Dude, the I know middle. that's the tough part. It's it's usually the people that are that are like birded out though. You know. Oh, rather like than, they're they, they, yeah yeah you're totally fine if you take it up, but yeah. if you're spreading me out, man, that's. I thought you were gonna say my biggest pet peeve is people with COVID. That's a good flex. one. <laughs> that's a good one. I haven't uh, I haven't taken a flight yet though. I'm supposed yeah, to be uh, flying out to Vegas next weekend, is it? Or the weekend after that, Josh? One of the, the two. Weekend. Yeah, I think the weekend uh, after. Dude, I'm, I'm totally to off topic, Germany. Jake. Do you have any Southwest points you can gift me? I need 678 for a full round-trip flight covered. Dude, I could look. I might, actually. Let's go. My birthday's next March. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> next March. I'm done. <laughs> All right. You said my um, birthday just passed. <laughs> Yo, okay, real talk, super vulnerable moment though. So I just celebrated my 30th this past March. It was spent alone in a hotel in Seattle. It's a good one. That, like what a 30th birthday right there. Nothing yeah. to say like, hey, welcome to being an adult and like being alone in a hotel <laughs> in like the epicenter of COVID. Um, it's fitting. <laughs> all right, third question. Here we go. I know this is Josh's like favorite one, so I'm going to be really, really respectful with it. Have you been in contact with the Raiders yet? What are they saying? Are you are you in? <laughs> uh, can I say uh, I'll plead the fifth or no comment or? Man, uh, you see, he's in there. Oh, he's he in knew. there. You he's heard it first. <laughs> we tried to get. Did you see that? We tried to get him. No, he, here, here's. I mean, in all honesty, I I don't like uh, 
speaking on things until anything's you know set in stone and yeah um i also don't you know as much as it seems like i was premeditated in a lot of my moves um there's a lot of just accepting what comes to you as well Mm -hmm. so i like to play this kind of mesh between the two you know you can't blame us for trying here you can't yeah yeah, i know i know no i dig it i dig it I'll, i'll rephrase the question how excited are you for the Raiders coming to Las Dude, Vegas this fall? Okay, I'm I'm pretty excited, and honestly, I've gone to a, a few NFL games. I'm a big Vikings yeah. fan, or was big Vikings fan. Yeah, and, they have that whole booth on the field. That yeah, booth. yeah. I never thought that I would be changing my 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 you know fan base or uh, team preference, especially to the Raiders. But the the more that I've kind of just assess the situation and realize what we're getting here and you know the the experience and the opportunities that we're going to be able to see with events just coming to town in general like i don't know how we could be against it you know i i was not much of a fan for the tax money that we were going to be putting out but then when i reassess and i look at some of these major worldwide events like real madrid and barcelona coming in like The ROI you know, is insane right now in Vegas. Yeah, right? I mean, how do you even compute that? Dude, and like, what was it in a fourth meal with Headliner? Like, Jasper Notice is like, yo, like, they've talked to me. And I'm like, yo, that's going to be sick. Um, but also, shout out to DJ Quaddy in Milwaukee. He uh, he just became the Packers pack. DJ. So, yeah. Oh, hell um, yeah, nice. It's a little bit difficult to DJ in like minus 15 degree weather sometimes. But, you know, we'll, they'll, they'll figure Not something out. Not for me. He was, uh, he was telling me uh, the other day, he's like, yeah, I just, because I asked him, I'm like, yo, like, what was it like? And he was like, well, I brought a controller because I just don't want any of my real things out in the cold like that. And obviously, like, because it was so new, the Packers weren't in a position to just, like, invest in equipment and yeah. set up and gear. So he's like, yo, I brought a Pioneer Z2 or whatever it's called, the SZ or whatever it's called, the bigger one. Well, the small- like, yeah, he's like, it worked, and like, there was no dropout. And like, for what it's worth with the Packers, like, what else do you need? Like, you're just literally there, and there's nothing like featured. But, um, dude, like, football, I mean, you even, you've even seen the 49ers, they have an entire squad. See, and DJ-wise. that's, that's pretty cool. I'd like to see something like that out here yeah. eventually because, I mean, we've got, you know, such a great, great crop of talent out here. It's, you know, the best DJs in the world. Yeah. And honestly, that's, part of the reason why I shy away from the, the terminology in general for, for me personally, because that's not the craft that I hold the same way that you guys do. I mean, it is a, a definite difference for, 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 from my perspective, like watching you guys DJ is just like blows my mind. Like, you know, maybe one day I'd, I'd get into it and be able to actually pull, pull on some scratches and stuff like that. But I, I, I enjoy like more to the, to the, you know programming I mean, side it's, of things it's, it's all it's all djing though for like, sure you know what i mean yeah. like, you know what i'm saying though. D, you're still a dj but i see what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. all right well speak, speaking of djs next rapid fire question um what's the last vinyl record you listened to oh man but it has to be on a gramophone like it's got to be the big <laughs> the big Dude, rocker I, i've actually got one of those no way uh yeah i do oh man i actually think it was um it's Bon Iver for Emma with Love or something like that. His first record, I, I found it at Goodwill like last week. I was sitting, you know, going through the stacks at Goodwill. I'm like, is this a Bon Iver record? And it's like, you know, 
super nice quality of like 99 cents at goodwill come on dude oh man but um yeah i'm trying to think I other need, than I that need to start, start searching at goodwill yeah that's yeah. a uh that, that's definitely a little secret savers and goodwill for me yeah. cds tons of good cds there too i'll that's be honest big, the most come up. the most prolific uh like old real authentic recording i've ever heard is uh there's a wax cylinder of Johannes Brahms's actual voice. What? And it's like, it, it obviously like it's under like lock and key, but there's like an audio clip taken from it that somebody has where it's like, it's his voice on a wax cylinder recording and it's like clear as day. And like, that's one of those moments where you're just like, yo, that's like a real person. And the the crazy thing, if you think about that even is like, if you're looking at all these classical musicians and you think about the peak time of like the late 1800s, early 1900s for like orchestras being just killer, that was only like a hundred years or 150 years after these like great composers have passed away. So it's like the fact that we have a Johannes Brahms like voice recording somewhere is like that, that to me is like why vinyl and why like authentic, like tangible, like wave to like actual like groove is, is such a cool thing that like, I really hope does not go away. Like that's something where you're not going to get the same thing with zeros and ones. You just aren't. Yeah. I'm, it's like I'm a ghost in lie. there. Yeah. I had to look up who Johannes Brahms was. was a German <laughs> that's fair. No, no uh, otherwise known as Johan, Johan Brahms. <laughs> yeah, got it. Right. Yeah. All I right, actually, go. wait, no, the <laughs> good story though. I found a, uh, it was NFL like fight songs. Yeah. In that same in that same Bon Iver collective at uh, Goodwill, I found a it was all the NFL teams' fight songs from back in the fifties when they recorded them. But oh, same type sad. of thing. You never know. Maybe these teams don't even have an audio file of that, and Dude. it's floating around on a vinyl somewhere. How did how did my Green Bay Packers sound? Was it okay? Were we good? It's pretty good. Yeah, I'll have to send you a copy. Let's go. Also, <laughs> shout out to that's... to my Milwaukee Bucks, Bucks and Six this year. Orlando, we're gonna do it. There you go. <laughs> The title I was just gonna say real quick. I think that's funny because I uh, actually DJed a gig, or I DJed for the Chargers for several years, like for their Christmas party or whatever. But they made me make this like mixtape, and I made the mixtape, and I found this song from when the Chargers first became a team in San Diego. It was like I don't know, it was like maybe in the seventies or something. But I was like, that's like funny that they literally hired like a band. I forget it was like almost like a Motown band. Yeah make this san diego it was like san diego superchargers like it was dope and i was like this song kind of slaps like even if i wasn't a chargers fan i would think this song is cool i just think it's funny that like every song every team had a song like that back in the day oh man we need to bring that back <laughs> they're, they're um total side tangent we're gonna get to the next question but speaking of those fight songs jake you will appreciate this so it was last year bucks raptors eastern conference finals right the two home games that the Bucks had against the Raptors, when they did the walkout music for the Raptors, when they announced all of the players, whoever is the, the music director for the Bucks, they put on the Barney theme song. Because oh the Raptors, my Dimes gosh, and dude. Like, it took off. Like, <laughs> whoever thought that that would be the like, good idea or best idea was what came through my mind. Of like, yeah. You're just going to like troll another team it's pretty awesome it's a fine line though right yeah (laughs) yeah very fine line but also like what can you do other than just like nod your head and be like all right we see you we see you yeah Um, here we go um so we're gonna do 
this is the last no second to last question so name an artist or a song that you're into right now that you discovered during quarantine mm. whether it came out during quarantine or you were just like whoa this is something let me see what i've what i've just recently added la priest uh there's a new album called gene that i've been obsessed with um what else have i been digging on that new run that, the jewels album though. yeah that new run the jewels <laughs> that new disclosure <laughs> yeah. oh man um wahada who wahada is um it's kind of i'm trying to think of who it is actually let me uh it, I know the. Um, what were you gonna say? I put a song on. No, I, no, my bad. I was just gonna say you put a song on your uh, on your Instagram story today, and it was like by Tall Black Guy or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, that song That's was dope. Cool. I was like, I never heard of this guy. I don't know that that song was super sick. Oh, Wahada is Reggie Watts and John Tejada. It's this new it's this new collaboration album that they put out. It's it's pretty oh, groovy. It's like um c- kind of like more of a lounge lounge night nightclub type feel, but. Um, yeah, man, there's, there's too much good music. That's the thing. When, when I start to, you know, search for new music, you're like, man, I wish I had enough time. Yeah. It's, it's really overwhelming. And then it's like, you download so much and it's like, well, at least for me, DJing, it's like, oh, I hope I can like go back and find this. But then I have so many songs in this like new cool hip songs. I'm like, man, I kind of forgot. I forgot the name. I only listened to it twice, but. It's it's overwhelming these days for sure. That new Karung bin too. I'll, I gotta oh, yeah. I gotta stay true to that. That's my. I've been a Karung bin fan for a long time. Yeah, so I've been go. playing their stuff for a while. Yeah, Tom Mish and Yusef Days. They put out a new album. I don't get me going. Sorry, sorry guys. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, uh, Josh, finish this out, baby. Show. Last one. Okay. Last question is. Uh, oh yeah, this is one of our favorite questions to ask. Yo. What was your closest call or have you ever missed a major flight? Mm. No, I haven't. I haven't missed a major flight. And Ooh. yeah, I know. Right. I mean, it just doesn't seem fun. Um, to be honest, I normally get to the airport way too early, like hours before, and then I just start drinking. But you, you never, you never drank so much at your gate that you almost missed. No. Flight. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I feel like I've done it right so far anyway. Why have you? Okay. Uh, I've, I missed a flight a really long time ago, but it's just funny. Cause a lot of our guests obviously are like DJ DJs and they're all yeah, like, all right, oh, I was drinking the night. Like it always starts with, they were drinking. And then, uh, it was funny cause kid Conrad missed a flight. He said he was drunk. He was like, I know I'm drunk. Let me get to the airport super early gets to the airport super early, sits there right in front of the gate, and he fell asleep and missed his flight. Oh, no. <laughs> he wasn't even drunk. Dude, yeah. <laughs> tired. That happens. I mean, no, I, yeah, I've woken up late. I've woken up late and, like, not, yeah, I mean, been, you know, rushing to the airport, but nothing worth yeah. talking about. There's, it's the, uh, we feel like it's the DJ initiation is you have to at least go through, like, a situation like that where, like, you're inebriated and then you're like, oh man, I almost missed this play. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. um, we, we, you do owe it to us though, if it ever happens. And if there's a moment, you got to like, let us know. And we got to like record it live. Oh, we are at the end of this interview. Jake, thank you for being here. Um, feel free to let everyone know how they can find you, how they can listen to your stuff, where they can get a hold of you. 
For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, like Josh mentioned, I got a Spotify playlist called Sonic Storyteller, but um, I'm on all socials. Jake Wagner music is usually my handle. You can find me pretty easily. Um, but yeah, it's uh, easy to reach out. And biggest thing for me, if you have local music or if you make music, know someone that makes music, um, always taking local submissions for music uh, to play in the arenas and on the radio and all that good stuff. So my email is jakewagnermusic at gmail.com. Right. Yeah, there it is. Hey, shout out to DJ Wellman too. You've had you've had DJ Wellman uh played in the in the uh T Mobile arena and he was our first guest on this show. So yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, coming full yeah, circle, so baby. Here we go. <laughs> I hope you I hope you get millions of requests and emails because there's millions of people that listen to our podcast. So yes. award winning listeners, might I add. <laughs> Yo, I yeah, I'm I love having music <laughs> sent to me. So looking forward to love that. Love it. Love it. Well, everyone, we have an exclusive mix coming up from jake wagner himself uh we hear that you're going to be using actual vinyl from your collection for this mix tell us about it yeah i'm going to work in uh it's going to be an eclectic mix there'll be there'll be a lot of new stuff that we we had talked about like the uh the tom mish and wahada and uh karungbin some stuff like that but uh also going to fall back to some deeper cut Italian jazz and Japanese pop and things that I have uh, kind of accumulated over the years and uh, probably going to find something that you haven't heard before. So uh, that's, oh, that's the best. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. So well, I'm yeah, so Jake, right now. thanks. Thanks for uh, coming on. Thanks for listening. I know you listen to the podcast. So I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get back to hockey. So let's, uh, I'll see you at the T-Mobile Arena soon enough. <laughs> Dude, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, man, we appreciate it. And we are out.
saying something, keep it on the hundred. Always saying something, it's a lot of nothing, it's a lot of nothing. Everyone around me thinks I'm up and coming, how they really coming? I'ma keep it going, I don't got instructions and the blood is gushing. Damn right, hope and make them stand right, hope and make them get light. Right, I'ma say it outright, only in the Lord light Last lane, tryna find a last way Driving by my past pain Last train, if I catch a last train I'ma beat the road way Another slow day, finna walk in my pace. I pray I won't take the highway. I'ma take a long way. Laid back, we could take it way back. I could give it up like that Marvin Gaye track. Who believe that? Baby, best believe that.
flying Who said it was a lockdown? Goddamn lie Oh my, time heals all, but you out of time now Judge gotta watch us from the clock tower Little tear gas cleared the whole place out I'll be back with the hazmat for the next round We was trying to protest and the fires broke out Look out for the secret agents, they be planted in the crowd Set a civil unrest, but you sleep so sound Like you don't hear the screams when we catching beat down Staying quiet when they're killing niggas, but you speak loud When we ride, got opinions coming from a place of privilege Sicker than the COVID, how they did them on the ground Speaking of the COVID, cause it's still going around oh, Won't you tell me about the looting, what's that really all about? Cause they throw away black lives like paper towels Plus unemployment rate, what? 40 million now, killed a man in broad day Might never see a trial We just wanna break chains like slaves in the south Started in the north end, but we in the downtown Riot cops try to block, now we got a showdown Down You should've been downtown The people are rising We thought it was a lockdown They opened the fire The bullets was flying Who said it was a lockdown? Goddamn last two in downtown Where I got parked with the rubber bullet train Found got it in my name now I'm a shooter Never understand why they do it Someone cut the channel off the news before I lose it I ain't even tripping if you with it then we lose it Help me put this Louie in the back of Suzuki Oh, he had to break it down so smoothly They gon' say it's not about race but we moving Oh, how? Cut the tray pound, had to in my name, wish a nigga play now uh, Any given day, I'll be headed to the pulpit Say a little prayer, matter of fact, I need two of them Ooh, only do it, only do it Ooh, this ain't 92, so we in the new rules Niggas got hit, so we don't lose the projects About to hit Rodeo with my little cousin Marcus Someone threw a whole brick in the Neiman Marcus Help me put the whole mannequin in the charger You should've been downtown The people are rising We thought it was a lockdown They opened the fire Them bullets was flying Who said it was a lockdown? Goddamn lie
it ain't right Walk on the beach on Sunday afternoon to make her feel alive Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah I can change the story if you let me Promise in the morning won't forget me Lately I've been missing California I ain't far from perfect but you get me A lot of miles getting in the way I just wanna give you what you want I've been thinking about you every day Catch a plane and wait for me to come through See a whole move, there ain't nothing that I won't do Chillin' at the bar while she back it up A good girl, but she actin' up A good girl, but she bad She on 10, but I'm catching up She sweat me and I gas her up I be dumb if I pass it up Those eyes said I had to jump And her mind said I had to One, two, three I'm inspired by your energy Four, five, six Feel your spirit on my fingertips And seven, eight, nine Thank your mama cause you so damn fine And I don't really wanna say goodbye let me stay the night again She just want in the morning She just want lay in the daylight She ain't tryna do no falling Don't want love if it ain't right Walk on the beach on Sunday afternoon To make her feel alive Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah I can change the story if you let me Promise in the morning won't forget me Lately I can miss in California I am far from perfect but you get me Grab you by the waist, take you anywhere you wanna go I'm aware that you just wanna play I know that we going with the flow Soon I'm about to go and catch a plane Baby, won't you open up the door Tell me you are happy that I came through Never had a thing like you Little brown girl that can hang like you Shine so bright in the daylight Moonlight making that little thing shade like you Love in the back of the whip So we took it back to the crib Shorty like crack, no cat Don't know how to act with the kid Keep it in the stack what it is What she want? She just want in the morning She just want lay in the daylight She ain't tryna do no falling Don't want love if it ain't right Walk on the beach on Sunday afternoon To make her feel alive Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah I can change the story if you let me Promise in the morning won't forget me Lady, I've been missing California I am far from perfect, but you get me A lot of miles getting in the way I just wanna give you what you want I've been thinking about you every day Catch a plane and wait for me to come through
clear There's nothing to see here The people come and go I know that with time they come around Open the door And I came back for more To look back, forever got this time Baby girl got style, she's stylish Ready for the long haul, ain't no flight She just wanna dance, dance for a while Just in a mood, wanna grow, wanna move She back it up and I grab it, I'm loving it Baby girl just wanna have fun with it Baby girl just wanna have fun with it Baby girl just wanna have fun with it